Hey, welcome to Dad to the Bone podcast, where two dads sit around and talk about dad stuff and gold chains. <laughs> how, how do you catch me off guard? Yes, gold chain. Yes. <laughs> do you have a gold chain? Cuban links, baby. I keep it hidden. You know, it's like I'm playing. You have no, I don't have a gold chain. No. I, like, I want oh. one. I oh, want you, one. Do you want the Cuban links? You want the Cuban I, links? I don't want the Cuban links. I'm not. Okay. I don't think I have. I don't think I have enough street cred for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> you, you know, I've, I'm I have too, many, too many children and yes. not enough battle stories to wear Cuban links. But yes. I do want a gold chain, man. I just, I just do. Listen, if you wear it with the right energy, people won't question it. No, they're, so like, like, I got this like little silver chain, okay. and I, it's like, it's like my, it's like my stepping stone chain. This is like my teenage chain, and I want a grown man chain. Okay. You okay? But you want like a you want a cool old man swag chain. You want like a you show up and people like look like hey, he he's a little oh, different. Like, oh, yeah. is, is that a gold chain? <laughs> like yeah. you know what yeah. it is. I no, I don't want that type of energy, the gold chain energy. I think I want the like I don't know what type of energy I want right now. Um I want, I want the gold chain alone. energy all day long, all day. <laughs> no, I want the I want the the vintage crispy pair of J's that are like a collector's edition that only like true collectors would know but you couldn't tell because i'm just wearing like this blue shirt and some blue jeans and you're like you know playing jane and then you're like whoa what are the i don't want that you know that's the type of energy yeah. i want to bring no I, I get it see i want my gold chain to hide and then when i like move a certain way they see it and they're like mm. oh Oh, okay. You, you got a different energy than me today, man. You got I don't know. I don't know where the dude wearing the North Face got the gold chain energy from. <laughs> and okay, I catch that. Like, what is that, right? Okay. I'm like, I'm gonna soccer team with my gold chain. <laughs> Are you gonna give it to like your uh, your midfielders and your backfield for when they? <laughs> Y'all are playing for this tonight, baby. <laughs> defense move the chains they were like what chains oh sorry wrong sport wrong sport oh man well sam how you feeling i know how you feeling today but how you, you know feeling? How i'm feeling i want a gold chain man that's how i'm feeling jesus man well <laughs> i i don't want a gold chain but i do want a table topic are you ready yeah give me one man lay one on me what you got right. for here we go here we go if we get a bad one we're doing another one so you're right. I'm ready i'm ready silver chain ready for it which school subject will be the most important? No, you're too old for that. Sorry. So which school <laughs> subject is going to be the most important for you in life? A pop Dang, quiz. Is economics. Fired. <laughs> economics. Uh, not economics. Home ec would have been the most important, and I just didn't pay attention. Ooh. I dropped that one, so we're going to let that one go, too. Okay. But I'm like, I'm not picking good today. My cards. Okay. Here's one. Here we go. Good one. Are you excited? You the silver chain is, look, silver chain, ready to go. All that, right. That, that, this right here, it means I'm ready. Okay. Ready for anything. Gold chain okay. means I'm like loaded and ready, but I'm like silver. Ready. Like Bruce ready. You're just ready. Yeah. If your name was I'm, Bruce Willis. Yeah. I'm ready to go. All right. Which famous athlete would you love to meet? Oh man! And I'm offended you didn't say me, but keep going. Famous athlete, I'd love to meet. I would have to stay Steph Curry. Okay, tell I would me have more. To say Steph Curry, man, I just think that he is 
fun and exciting, and he changed the game of basketball. And mm-hmm. he seems like a genuinely like nice and funny guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I if I like met like Kyrie, it'd be like a space cadet conversation. If I met KD, I feel like he'd be like super sarcastic. If I met LeBron, I'd be like, "Bro, you're overrated," and then that wouldn't go well. So it would not go well for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be say Steph Curry. That's who I'd like to meet. What about yeah. you? Ah, man. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, If I could meet any pro athlete right now, the one I would love to meet would, would honestly be the guy that uh, it, you wouldn't have a good conversation with, and that would be LeBron James. So, um, because For some reason, I honestly thought you were going to say Venus and Serena Williams. I could see that. I don't, I don't know, know why I was thinking that, but I thought he's going to say one of the Williams sisters. I, I don't want – one, I don't know what frequency of mine you're turning into, but that wasn't even I, like. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm thinking about gold chains. The, the, yeah, I don't know. I don't They're know. from Oakland. If you think gold chains, I think of Miami. That's more. I'll, I'll swing. I'll swing by and see them when I'm hanging out with Steph. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, no, uh, LeBron James to me is, um, you know, I think love him. I hate him. He is like, to me, he's a generational athlete. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. I. Not I the am, goal, definitely a generational athlete. I'll give him that. I mean, but he's in a discussion of GOAT. Um, and, and some would argue that he is the GOAT because, you know, yeah. he did it with three different teams, three different times, and three different, like, genres of his life. Like, he did yeah. it as a young buck. He did it as a, a moderate guy. And now he's an old dude. And think about this. LeBron James has been in the league 17 years. I know. And my bro, my, my dude changed the game forever in a negative way, man. Building okay. super teams, stacking the deck, all that stuff. I'm not with oh, it. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. All right. I'm well, not with it, man. I, I'm not going to go down that road because I'm not we can with have, it. AD we, jumping around different teams, winning championships. I'm not with it, man. Give me Steph Curry coming out okay. of Davidson, going to Golden State, which is like the most booty team ever, creating oh a God. dynasty. And then when they suck, he stays with them. That's what's listen, up. That listen. that is goat status. I'm going to go to my mentally happy place, Listen, and I'm going to go to any other teams. No, Kobe grinded it out when they hey. were winning four games a season. That's Dude, goat status. <laughs> this is me trying not to debate you, and I'm going to ignore th- that Kobe comment because I could remind you that he almost got traded to the Pistons and he signed off on it. So, but we're not going to go there because yeah, I'm going to. That have been though, dude. That would have been. I'm going to. I'm gonna bring it in, Sam, because you're gonna bring it in. Bring it in. You're gonna send me. <laughs> you're gonna send me on my tangent, and I'm not going there. I'm trying to go to my good place. All I'm right. trying to to revert my energy and take it to a good woosah place, like well, Mike Lowry. I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> but I wanted to uh, introduce our guest for the day, so right, um, yeah, I'm excited to introduce. Um, and if I mess up this last name, um, he has all permission to correct me promptly. Uh, Nick Beskalonis. And uh, Nick is the father of two, of Cole and Ellis, three and one. He is a franchise manager at Ford Motor Company. And he is co-owner of Reset Brain and Body. And um, he was born and raised in Plymouth, Michigan. He lived in, in Chi-Town for eight years where he met oh, his well, wonderful wife. Appreciate some Cubs hat. Yeah, he's gonna wave the W flag on you. And, I don't know uh, unless he's with the socks. I don't know who knows. 
Oh, we're going to ask him if he's a Southside kid or, or um, a Wrigley Field kid. But uh, he um, he moved back to Plymouth in 2018, and he's been married for five years to his wife Carrie. And uh, you know, hearing his his uh, child Cole say, "I love you, Dada. You are the best Dada ever. I love the stars and the rocket ships." Hearing Ellis say Dada, those are some of his favorite dad moments. And so, you know, one of the interesting things that he kind of told us ahead of time was that, like, um, he tries to give 20 minutes of undivided attention to each child every day. No technology when we are with the kids. And that's that's pretty that's hard man. to do. It's, it is important and it's hard to do. And so I want to just, uh, uh, without further ado, bring Nick into the show and allow him to kind of clean up what I messed up. So Nick, welcome. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I, I can't stop laughing because I don't even know if you can call that a chain around Sam's neck, but <laughs> it's, it's a great attempt. I it's thought like it was a like, baby deal, right? It was like dental floss or something. I, know. I see it now. No, okay. That's the I one your girlfriend gave you in junior high. That's the one your girlfriend, when you're in junior high, your girlfriend was like, did you wear my chain? And you're like, yes. Yeah. I still oh, got that's... it, girl. Where you at, middle school girlfriend? <laughs> that's too funny. That's great, though. Um, no, I appreciate the introduction. Last name pronounced Biscolonis, so you were close. Yeah, Biscolonis, um, is, that, is that Greek? 99% uh, of the time, people guess it's Greek. Couple Biscolonis with Nick. It's actually Lithuanian. Ooh, that would have made that. Is that how you get people to like take an extra shot? You're like, if you can guess, I will take a shot. If you cannot, you will take a shot. <laughs> I should okay. the other way. I should do it the other way. If they get it wrong, they buy me a drink. If there you they go. Get it right, I buy them a drink. There you go. <laughs> now, you, were you, you more of a Cubs guy or a Sox guy when you were in Chicago? Uh, Cubs. We were up in Lincoln Park, Lakeview area. So NL team was Cubs. AL team were the Tigers. Uh, that was back when the Tigers were worth watching half the time. Now I don't even turn on the TV, unfortunately. So it's rough. Are, are you talking about the baseball team, the major league? <laughs> yeah, yeah Detroit still has one of those. Detroit still has one of those, actually. We used to. That's when we played at Tiger Stadium, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But no, the Cubs are fantastic. We were there when they won the. Uh, the World Series, it was it was great. It was great, good atmosphere. I, I was jealous of Chicago at that time because I used to go back and forth uh, because of my prior job. And um, I, was, I remember you guys, the Blackhawks at first one, and that was wild. What was that big park you guys go to to celebrate um, trophies in Chicago? What did they go to? Oh, I never went. I, You know what? I was the most stubborn Detroit sports fan in the eight okay. years I was there. There was okay. like three Stanley Cups for the Blackhawks, a World Series yeah. for the Cubs. And the yeah. whole time all this is going on, I'm just like, no, Red Wings are better. Uh, Cubs, <laughs> Cubs, this is a fluke. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until like I was considering leaving that I was like, man, looking back, I've enjoyed such great sports moments in like yeah. end of the parades and but now I grew up with you know I was I was the nineties Red Wings fan where we had all of the Stanley Cups and Oh yeah. So I I was holding I was holding I was too stubborn, I'll just say that. I was okay. too stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Well now, hey, Nick, I get it. Nick, tell me about um reset brain and body. Tell me about this. What's 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 that all about? 
Yes, Teresa Brennan-Body, uh, it's actually my wife's uh, counseling practice, their uh, integrative mental health practice. Uh, integrative being they uh, incorporate different modalities into their practices. So there's teach therapy, uh, I'm sorry, play therapy, um, art therapy. They also work with couples, uh, you know, kind of the whole spectrum of offerings and um there's a website there located in Plymouth, Michigan, and really they they work with most people. Really, uh, you know, again, trying to break down I think the stigma of mental health, trying to make it accessible to everyone and make it less uh, maybe threatening, right word, you know, less intimidating. Yeah. Um, trying to make mental health feel very similar to um, maybe going to work out, right? Everybody feels comfortable saying they're going to work out. Yeah. She wants to create an atmosphere where going to see your counselor or going to be a part of a group where you're talking about mental health or some of the issues that you're dealing with is acceptable. And I think uh, they're doing a great job at it. Man, that's yeah, awesome. So we talk about uh, mental health on this show and the importance of it. Uh, one of the things that we are here is uh, we're certified by the National Fatherhood um, Initiative. And uh, mental health is a huge aspect of what we talk about because, you know, we talk about moving the needle away from um, how we were parented to, you know, transitioning to parenting our children for what they need. And so when you think about like, you know, paternal mental health, like at what point did you realize that that was something you needed to like be cognizant of for yourself? in terms of your parenting? You know, really it was, uh, it was after having Cole. So it was within that first year of parenthood and I was trying to do everything, right? I was trying to be, uh, you know, I was trying to hold my full-time job. I was trying to take care of the house, cut the lawn, make sure the house looks good, take care of, you know, my wife, take care of the newborn and I began to lose kind of some identity of myself, right? I mean, you become all these different people for your family and you're wearing all these different hats, but if you don't prioritize who you are and really focus on your own mental health, you can quickly maybe turn to other mechanisms to cope or right, or to get you through that. So, um, you know, it was, it was within that first year and I was like, I, I remember very vividly, a couple times being in the family room being like, I can't do all this. I can't do all this. This is, it's just too much. And, you know, it was really at those moments where it started small, right? I would, you know, go on walks or listen to my music and just really communicate with, with Carrie and be like, I need to take some time um, to kind of just reset, right? Just step away from the situation. Um, and then really after we had Ellis, was when I uh, actually started to see my own counselor weekly. And I, I tell all my friends, I'm like, I, I cannot believe it took me this long because Thursday at four o'clock after my one hour session, I feel so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I go into it sometimes and he's like, well, you know, what do you want to talk about today? And I'm like, that was a great week. And then by the end of it, I didn't stop talking for an hour of like, different experiences or what I felt like I could do differently. And, um, you know, you just feel great. So I, I guess that's my plug for anybody out there listening. If you've ever considered it, even if you haven't considered it, give it a shot. Cause it's, uh, you know, 
it works. <laughs> now, how how was that received? So I know I know especially with guys, there's this stigma around it of like, and I think it's I think it's a general I think it was passed down generationally. You know, like m- many of our dads were like. Uh, 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 you know that kind of thing. A lot of can times. I, can I use words to interpret that? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Man, I don't need mental health. I'm not soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, and so how how um, what caused like what was your experience from your dad in that and all of that? Like, how what, was mental health always on your radar, or was it kind of just like nowhere? And then you met Carrie, and you were like, oh, like that's a thing, and. It's actually a great fit. Like, how did that kind of play out? That's exactly it. It was kind of this aha moment, right? I mean, I think, I I don't think my family was any different when you encountered something. um, What I witnessed with with my dad was that you just kind of kept it in, right? You just buried it a little bit. You go outside, do some yard work or turn on the baseball game and you kind of forget about whatever the problem was. And yeah, you're exactly right. It wasn't until I met Carrie and she was practicing in this field. And, um, you know, we've been together almost 10 years and I should say eight years because I was in Chicago for eight years. Um, <laughs> and she would hear my conversations and she'd be like, you know, that's not necessarily normal. Right. Or like you don't have to, you know, cope with things that way. There's there's other alternatives. And slowly she began to introduce me to these things and you know it took seven years so you know yeah. it's it's only been within the last year that i've actually begun to see my own counselor but um i mean you're spot on too right when i introduce it to my friends or talk about it yeah like how did that how did that interaction go uh mixed right i mean i got a couple of friends that are like oh that's cool good for you um, others are a little bit more curious that may have gone through some of their own things and just don't have the resources or mechanisms to kind of talk through it. Um, I have some thoughts, but I don't want to jump off topic yet, but, um, it's about we're just trauma. We're on topic here, Nick. So we're just shooting. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that my wife kind of taught me, which made a lot of sense, is this big T, little t. And it's in, it's in regards to traumas. So I think a lot of people think, oh, I only go to therapy if I have a big T, like a big trauma that impacted yeah. my lives, right? So like an unforeseen death or um, maybe a, a, a job loss or, you know, you lose your home, something very big and it's traumatic. It's a big T, PTSD, you're over in serving for the military, you come back, big T traumatic event. Um, But she introduced these little T's, right? And they're the little traumas that may even happen throughout the day that you don't realize it, that might impact your mental health. And at times it's a combination of all of these little T's that could actually do more mental stress, right? Or, or more hurt on your, your mental well-being. So after hearing it framed that way, it was like, yeah, you know, it's maybe there was a, a big T trauma in the past. Um, and I worked through it, but it's all these little T's that are happening in today's time. You know, it's COVID, you know, for some people, it was a big T for some people, it was a little T it's, the lack of routine that's a little t um it's your toddler waking up three times in the middle of the night those are a bunch of little t's it's 
Guilty. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all these little yeah. things that kind of build up and it's like, oh, I got to do something about this. So, um, you know, those, like I said, Thursdays at three, by the end of it, I'm like, I didn't think I had anything to talk about, but yeah, there were a bunch of little teas I got to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing how far back they can go too. You know, um, I'm not unfamiliar with uh, going to see a therapist and it, it's amazing how things just kind of build on top. I like how you talked about the big T's and the little T's uh, because, you know, I don't know if we ever think about it that way. Like you said, a lot of times um, what our dads would do and what we were taught to do is, like you said, I'm going to just go cut the grass or here, let me have another, you know, I jokingly was talking about um, buying a shot, but some, some guys will, they'll have a drink or five or 20. Yeah. And it's because of all this repression and stuff. And so it what really is amazing yeah. to see the growth you have, I guess, as a person and, and as a parent, when you can address those maturely, you know, and, and, and get past that. And, you know, ha have you experienced some of that, that, that growth yet or, or seen some of those aha moments where you're like, oh, maybe I was a tad bit angry sometimes when in my response or, you know, uh, maybe maybe I was responding to other little teas that I didn't realize that was in my, in my, my approach. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the take a shot or whatever. For me, it was like, I'll go outside and have a couple of Labatt lights while I'm cutting the grass and I'd put in my, you know, AirPods or I'll go sit by the fire. And next thing you know, it's two turns to three turns to four. And, you know, during the first year of COVID 2020, it just, I was like, this isn't good. There's less days in the week in the week that I'm not drinking versus the days of the week I am drinking. Even if it's like two beers, I'm like, this isn't good, right? I'm I'm handling the little teas in the wrong ways, and um, you know I've done. I'm fairly athletic, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, I work out. Well, that's a that's a great solution for some, but it may not necessarily be resolving maybe a big T that happened in the past, right? You can get through a lot of the little T's by, um, you know, working out, but you know, there's, there's also this interesting thing that's going on right now. And it's the, the popular topic is mental health, right? Everybody's talking about mental health. Every Instagram post from a celebrity or an athlete or whomever is talking about mental health. And I think the difficult thing is for the average person to realize that it's okay if you need more than just a green smoothie, a 20 minute workout and nine hours of sleep and your mental health will be perfect. Well, not all of us can achieve that, especially us with toddlers. <laughs> right. Right. You're exactly right. Right. Or who so, don't like green smoothies. I mean, who doesn't like green smoothies? That wouldn't work for Quinn. <laughs> Listen, I make True. green smoothies. It tastes like candy, bro. You got to have one of my <laughs> green smoothies. <laughs> All right, deal. As long as you don't put actual candy in them. <laughs> no, but no, Nick, you're totally right, man. It's like, it's not, I don't, I feel like finding, maybe finding is not the right word, achieving mental health. It's not a one size fits all like, like um, equation. You know what I mean? It's not like, like you said, it's not, it's not the, um, it's not like, okay, I can go do what Nick does and that's going to make me feel better. Or I can go do what Quinn does and that's going to serve my mental health. It, it, it's not, 
it's not a one size fits all. And I think that's important for us to kind of talk about because I feel like a lot of guys, like you said, are like, no, I don't go work out. No, it's the worst. Or yeah, I work out and that's my thing. And I just feel like it's important for guys to know that there's a lot of different ways that you can deal with this, a lot of different ways that you can cope, a lot of different ways that you can grow. Um, but just paying attention to your mental health, I think is so important. I think it's at the forefront of everything because I mean, this COVID thing, dude, that like rocked, that rocked the world. You know what I mean? Individually and collectively. Oh yeah. I mean, it really wasn't until um, the beginning of this year that we were like, my wife and I were talking and we felt like we got through 2020. Oh, we were unscathed. Right. I mean, we did all these big life changes, but we kind of worked our way through it. And then 2021 hit and I'm like, I'm experiencing it, right? Like, I don't know if it's the fatigue of just the, now there's all of these other questions, right? It's like, when I take Cole to preschool, is he going to be okay today? Is he going to wear his mask all day? Um, are other kids going to be okay, right? Like, there's just all these extra questions. And and those were never a thought before. It was just like, hey, kid, no. have fun. Hope you don't get your teeth knocked out, <laughs> you know? And those, are, and those are all little T's for us, right? Going yeah. back to the big T, little T, it's like now we have all of these other concerns that, you know, did is he going to wash his hands? Am I going to wash my hands? Did I use hand sanitizer? Am I wearing my mask? It's just all of this mm -hmm. unfortunate kind of anxiety that's just in the whole ecosystem now. And then um, yeah. as states begin to lift their different bands, there's even more anxiety if it's like, well, I'm actually, I'm okay because I got vaccinated, but what are, what are they going to do? Are they going to be okay? What are, yeah. Am I going to go in this restaurant? Is everybody, it's like, it's just, it's, it's weird. Thing, it's tough. It, it it's is. crazy. And it's like, and I feel like nobody really has, the I, there's no like clear cut path to navigate it that everyone that it can just serve everyone the same way you know what i mean like it, like you're right you sit there and you think okay now now you know the mask thing is is like not a thing but then it kind of is a thing but then it's like but what about the kids and what about the non-vaccinated and what about the vaccine like how does this that's that's like 50 million questions coming at your brain all the time that that wasn't happening before before it was like all right, I'm gonna go out to eat. Wonder if I should get fries or a salad. Probably gonna get the fries. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's the brain work. Now you're thinking, okay, we sit another. Are they at capacity? Is there gonna be a wait? Are the are the cooks clean? Are they wearing masks? Is the waitress wearing masks? You think they wash their hands? You're right. It's like there's so much going on in our heads. Well, you're reacclimating. You're reacclimating. You're reacclimating to society and people. I mean, you know, um, I've been to a couple of events and it's just been different responses. You know, our kids play soccer and at the soccer games, a lot of the, the folks weren't wearing masks. And, you know, we were uh, because that's what we chose to do. And uh, some people were looking at us like, you know, in their mind, it, we I could see the judgment. They're like, they don't know that they can't they don't have to wear ma like mask anymore. Like I could see it in their faces. And like the look of disdain, like how dare you still be wearing a mask? They said we don't have to wear a mask anymore. But on the flip side of that, I don't, I know for me and for some people, like that creates distrust because I know that there are people who thought it was all a hoax to begin with, anyways. And they were like, yeah, I'm kind of wearing a mask, but I'm gonna wear it below my chin the whole time. I'm just, you know, I don't, I'm not bold enough to just not wear one. And it's like, like you said, there's so much mistrust because we don't, you know, we just, we just don't know and we don't know what or who to trust because people might say I'm vaccinated, but they don't, 
how are you gonna prove it? And it's just that I think that anxiety comes from we really have not found a mutual ground. And day by day, it seems like we're we're losing that centering of that mutual ground. So getting that back, I think it's like just we're getting acclimated with each other and and you know and learning to trust each other a little bit more to take care of each other. Yeah, and I think for us it's it's the kids, right? I mean, there's no vaccine for my one-year-old, there's no vaccine for my three-year-old. And you know, everybody's saying, Oh, they 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 can't get it. But in the back of my mind, it's like, well, I'm vaccinated, but what if I interact with someone that isn't vaccinated? And my one or three-year-old gets it, you know, is their symptoms going to show up when they're 15, when they're 30, when they're fit? Like, we just don't know. And I think that's the uncertainty. And uh, those were the compounding thoughts in January, February, when it was, you know, three feet of snow outside here in Michigan and zero degrees. And we're like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's been a struggle here in Michigan. It really has. Yeah, I struggle. I think when I think about my mental health during this whole time period and like, you know, Nick, you can tell me about your experience here. Like, I think the hardest part for me has been what during COVID and now reacclimating is just like, um, I guess it is just dealing with people and having them in my space. So like we we're just talking about the generic sense of just like trusting people in the whole, but like I was actually um, at a meeting that was an in-person meeting for the first time like a couple of weeks ago. And um, I, full disclosure, I don't want to be there. Like I've been dealing with these folks on through Zoom the last year. And then like we all got in a room and like I had to actually conduct the meeting. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to <laughs> like I wanted to literally go sit at the other table, but I'm supposed to be chairing the meeting. So like, I think there's for a lot of us, there's that, like, I don't know, recount of introduction to like just people. And in some ways, you embrace it, but in other ways, you're kind of like, ah, like, do we hug? Do we shake? Do we fist bump? Do we like, you know, do we make eye contact and a head nod? Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, a, and these are people I know. These aren't people I don't know, people I trust. But, you know, it's just like you said, that unknown. Well, I think it's important. I think it's important for, all people, but especially dads to kind of recognize these things. You know what I mean? To recognize that it's, that they're not the only person that's feeling these things, that's feeling these stresses and these anxieties and these, um, you know, the uncomfortability and the awkwardness and the, the little, I think the big T little T is, is the main theme of what we're talking about here because, I think it's important for dads to realize that we all encounter little T's all day, every day, you know, and it's okay to recognize that it's okay to say, man, you know, I need to address this. I don't need to just, to just go, go, go. And me just push, 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 keep pushing it down until it boils out. And then, you know, there's an explosion or whatever. I think it's important for dads to realize, yo, guys like Nick, guys like Sam, guys like Quinn, like, we all face this stuff every single day. The pandemic was hard for everybody. Yeah. But even reintegration into like normal life or whatever you want to call it, that's, it's tough too, man. It's, it's awkward. It's weird. It's stressful. It's, 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 it's uncharted territories for everybody, you know? And so seeking out solutions or seeking out um, what, what you call you said mechanisms and things, tools to help you sort of, engage your mental health, I think is just so vitally important, especially now, 
especially when everything's opening back up, you know? For sure. And I think, I mean, from my own experience, um, and this is dad to the bone, so we have a lot of a lot of males listening, right? Yeah. Women, women find it quite attractive when you're vulnerable, right? When you're saying, hey, I it has been a tough day. I I know I'm supposed to put the kids to bed tonight. Can you do me a favor? Can you do the kids tonight? And I'll I'll do them tomorrow, but I just need to go on this walk or I just need 30 minutes alone. And the response is in my book, it's yes, right? I mean, they it, it's there's this this level of respect that's like, wow. I mean, and, and maybe it's bad in society that, you know, guys can't speak their truth and be like, you know what, I, I can't handle this right now. But I think that's where maybe with, with all of this conversation about mental health, and that's maybe the one positive of it is that people are now accepting when others are honest, right? Others are, are open and saying, no, I, I can't do this. And, um, and I think that also goes for the inverse, right? Us as the father figure, when our kids come up to us and say, you know, this is a tough day, dad, or, um, I just need alone time or I just need quiet time. Um, I think that's one thing that I've been very impressed with our three-year-old on is that he'll, he'll get very excited, lots of energy. And he'll just come up and be like, mm -hmm. I, I'm overwhelmed by Ellis is taking my toys. I just, I just need some alone time. Can I go in the basement and, and just play with my, my cars alone? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah yeah please like yeah. right i mean you're acknowledging you need something i mean that's unheard of in, in yeah. you know 30 35 years 40 or 50 years ago whatever the yeah. the decade prior was i mean that's yeah. it's it's new so with all the conversation i think you know hopefully the younger generations are uh learning these tools as well yeah i I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of that with my oldest son. Um, my oldest son is 11 and he, he sometimes now will come home from school and I can tell he's kind of in a funk and I'm kind of like, Hey man, like I, I ask a few probing questions just to kind of see, yo, you know, where are you at? What's going on? Anything happening at school today, whatever. And he'll, at, at times he'll just get honest with me and be like, dad, I just, I just don't really want to talk about anything right now. I just kind of want to just kind of want to chill out for a little while before I talk about my day or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, man. Yeah, totally. Like, that's cool. Thank you for telling me that. I'll leave you alone for a little while, you know, and we'll, we'll pick up the conversation later, but it's cool that he is feeling like, like you said, like he can express that, Hey, you know, I, I just need some time to just maybe chill out a little bit. I need some time for my brain to rest from school or I need to process some things or whatever. And I think as dads, it's important for us to encourage that in our children, you know, and, and celebrate that whenever, like you said, whenever they recognize, hey, you know, I just needed maybe a mental time out here. I just need to kind of chill for a minute or whatever. Because, you know, I, my my first inclination would be like, nah, man, tell me about the day. Something happened, really. What's going on with you? Well, you know, and just barrage him with all this stuff. But recognizing that that he is making good choices for his own mental health is like, it's kind of a crazy thing. Seeing my, my child start to do that. I'm like, all right, nice. Well done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for us as fathers and dads, I mean, what better example can we be than to show them that's okay to admit, right? Yeah. You know, if, if you're saying, 
I need a break. I need to go on a walk. Um, Mom's going to take care of this today or whatever the circumstance might be. It gives them an example to follow in the future. And, and you're right. I mean, I remember being in the backseat just barraged, right? Like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Come on, come on, come on. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, give me a minute to like catch my breath. No, well, you, you guys are talking about the emotional, emotional intelligence. So like, I think our kids are just bo not born with per se, but like we allow them to have it a little bit more as parents, you know, in terms of like that space that they need. Like it always catches me off guard too. And my daughters do that when, you know, my oldest is like, I, I just need some space from like either me or from her siblings. And like, you know, for me, I'm like, you just want to go play by yourself. But no, I mean, not, I don't, you know, before truly understanding it, that's what I would think. I'd be like, you just want to go play by yourself. But maybe <laughs> so, but maybe that break is needed to just like have a, a chance to catch that breath. But more importantly, uh, Nick, like you talked about, building that habit of just knowing when to step away from situations, I think is crucial because it comes into play for those potential little T's in the future when you're dealing with conflict and you're like, you know what? You're killing my vibe. I'm gonna go over here. You know, like it doesn't mean I, I dislike you or you are not a good person, but your energy is not where I, I, I need to be right now. So I'm gonna just step back from you. And to have yeah. that, that, I'm gonna just call it swagger for now to have that swagger and that energy to do it in a non confrontational way. Cause you know, I think like as, as boys and as men, you'd be like, get out of my face. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> I mean, growing up, that was more than energy. It wasn't like, hey, man, I just, I need a sec. Because if, if, you know, thinking about if when we were growing up, if I had said like, hey, man, I need some space, you're not saying, oh, you need some space. You're like, oh, good. Let me get all in your grip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, absolutely. That wherewithal is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I couldn't imagine having, um, like you said, Sam, an 11 year old right now, because I think the, the other difficult thing, though, is with COVID, these poor kids have been thrown in front of so much technology and, yeah. you know, completely support all the school systems for doing what they had to do to survive because no one really knew what to do. But it's almost you know, it's another small team for all of the parents out there, right? Like, what is all of this screen time doing? And I know in our household, we witnessed it. It just kind of became a easy, you know, we have too much going on. Here's an episode of whatever, right? Yeah. Here's a 30 minute episode. But we quickly, I mean, it, it wasn't but maybe yeah. a month of that after nap time or after whatever, just the attitude changed. And we were like, no. You're and, totally right, man. Right? 100%. And just had to shut it down. And for us, it's a 30 minute show, but for other kids, it's, you know, it, it seems like you go to the park now and there's six year olds with cell phones. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Younger and, and younger. It, it's younger and younger. And I, you know, in, in, in your opening, you mentioned a couple of the things that we like to do is, the 20 minutes of undivided attention for each kid. And then, you know, absolutely no screens when we are having that attention because mm -hmm. I mean, kids are so smart, right? I mean, they know my, my one-year-old when I'm changing his diaper will scroll on my, my watch while yeah. I'm like holding him, And I'm like, wait, what are you just, I think you called someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
and yeah. you know just trying to remove remove all technology and you know for me it's it's tough when you have everything hooked on you but you know on the weekends is is one time where i'm like the watch stays on the charger the airpods don't come out the cell phone you know is only around for emergencies and really just try to dedicate that time and um it's it's a different world from when we grew up but it's I, I think we're a lot smarter to realize a lot of this but it's also there's things that i think naively as as 30 year olds and 40 year olds or whatever we just don't even know and that's the that's the other you know anxiety or small t is we just don't even know what these poor kids are going through sometimes I know, man. Oh, it's and bullying and their mental sta status is different. Like when we were growing up, you know, and it's important to talk about it. Like you got bullied to your face. Like, you know, you could see your bully. You could hear your bully. Larry was right down the hallway and you could see him coming because he was picking on kids along the way and you were trying to get out of his way. But now with technology, cyberbullying has changed the faces of bullies, literally, to where before it was the big kid who could muscle you now it's a little kid who knows how to flex on the on the internet and it's you know it's a challenge our kids face that we don't have to face you know they don't they don't we don't we never worried about our, our social status on social media you know um yeah. the, the kids are growing up with shows now and we try when we catch it we cut it off with them having shows where they're talking about how many likes you have and how many followers you have and and i'm vlogging live and it's like wait what yeah <laughs> and it's not even the it's not even the you know, it could be the little kid, it could be whoever, but I think the difference is, yeah, when we're in school, you see the bully coming, you hear the bully coming, and for the most part, the bully would stop once tears flowed, right? Or once they, they yeah. saw that the damage was done. But online, you make a quick comment and you're on to the next. And quick comment, you're on to the next. You never get to see how that affects someone, right? The tears are being shed in the bedroom alone by themselves or the emotions are held within. And that that's the real, I think, frustrating part about all of the technology, right? Is that it's giving kids now a very quick outlet to have an opinion, have a judgment, have a critique, and then they're gone on to the next thing, but they don't ever fully appreciate what that actually does to the person receiving that or, you know, the post that they make, it's, it's, it's a whole different, I think, side of emotional intelligence that will need to be taught to our kids as they continue to grow older. Yeah. yeah we need to learn as adults too, you know, as, as you deal with things like we deal with, with the show and other things, people lose sight of the fact that you're human and they turn you into a caricature and they're like, you know, you know, they'll say like, well, you know, you guys aren't that funny or, you know, Quinn, your jokes are always just a tad bit uh, corny. Like, and, you know, Sam, and, that, that silver chain is weak. No, it is. But I can see you. I can see you. Yeah, you, can, you see can see him. And, you know, in the context of this conversation, like, it's not like a blatant attack, but you're right. Somebody on the Internet could could take that and they could turn it into a whole meme series. And that's I'm here you know, for it. Bring that energy. I dare you. <laughs> I, you know, I actually heard that on a, uh, uh, it was a Joe Rogan podcast and he told one of his guests, he said, do not read the comments when you're done. 
never read the comments. And one of them was like, no, I'll read the comments. And he's like, they literally went into like a four day tailspin because they didn't realize how cruel people could be just, you know, just commenting, right? And, and you guys are in the perfect space for it, for, you know, it, it's so easy now for people to create a little tea for someone because they need to, for some reason, express that instantaneous thought. They're not thinking how it's going to hurt Sam or it's going to hurt Quinn. It's just like, for whatever reason, I need to tell them blank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like you guys just said, I need to tell them this thought on my brain because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's their coping mechanism and they need to figure out a different way to cope with it. Right. Going yeah. online and trashing everybody else is not a good coping mechanism to all of the frustrations that you're dealing with in your own lives. Right. It's no, like, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. And that's, yeah, like you said, man, the, the technology thing over this pandemic has been very, very difficult, I think, on kids um, big time. I mean, I know and my my kids, we didn't have iPads or anything like that before this all started. But then, the, you know, schooling went to online. So we actually borrowed iPads from the school so that all of our kids could do all the things. And the amount of time they're spending on screens, you're right, it changed their attitude. It changed. I mean, there's studies on it that show how it changes literally your brain development and the way that it fires and connects and responds and all this stuff. And so it's very, very important that, that we do consider technology in the mental health of our children, you know, and their exposure to technology in their mental health, you know, like we're not just looking at the mental health of the dad, but you know, it's our responsibility as a dad to take our children's mental health and make that a priority as well. And so, you know, I think that's, I think that's an important piece as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and let yeah, the uh, sure. technology, make sure we remember that the technology works to us. We don't work for the technology. I mean, perfect example of it on my iPhone and on my on uh, all of my technology, I turned off all the notifications um, because, like, the notifications respond to what I say. I don't respond to what they say. So I don't need to hear that buzz and that beep and get that all that uh, feedback all the time and develop that habitual habit of just checking. I determine when I check my messages, my phone doesn't tell me when to check my messages because that's yeah, how the brain kind of talked about the neurons. And with our kids, that's where it starts. It starts with the like, and I, I, I've done this going back to when I was uh, in my old job with uh, the old Outlook notifications that emails will always pop up. I've always had to disengage because my brain is scattered, guys. If you can't tell just by <laughs> watching my eyeballs here. So I can't have that input. And if we're being honest, a lot of people can't, but we take it. But then that input starts to dictate what we do next. And we have to be honest with our own bandwidth and say, listen, I can't handle that. And so that's for me why my notifications are never on because I know that they will control me. And it's like, no, 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 I control them. I check when I see them. They don't control when I pick up my phone. No, yeah, that's a good oh, it, It's a reality check on the weekends when you're not wearing an Apple Watch, but you keep looking at your, your wrist for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, blank wrist again. Up oh, blank wrist again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep, it's still yeah. a freckle in a hair. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, who's nobody? Who's texting yeah. me nobody because I can't see oh, it? Yep, nothing there. Dang it. Yeah, no. Well, you know, Nick, I think that mental health for a lot of folks is something we're all still waiting through, to be quite honest with you. 
we're all at different places in our journey and we all um you know we're all still trying to figure out what it how to start and how to start again and how to accept that you know our mental fitness is similar to our physical fitness and even our spiritual fitness where it's something that we got to continually work on yeah and you sure. know with that um you know thinking about yourself as a dad and your journey if you had to tell yourself something as a dad like if you could send yourself a message in a bottle from when you first started as a dad like Knowing what you know now, what would you say to an earlier version of like Nick? If you could say Nicholas, you, are you Nicholas or are you Nick? Oh, uh, officially Nicholas, yeah, but I go by you could, <laughs> like only if, your if mom you could, calls you Nicholas, right? Yeah, yeah. my three year old did call me Nicholas Anthony the other day, and I'm like, Excuse you, yeah, you could be like, if you could be like, you know, your, your parent for a minute and do it in the parent way, like Nicholas. With the finger point, what would you tell yourself, like as a new dad? What would you tell? Nick? You know what? I would say, you know, be more forgiving on yourself, right? I think, in in me personally, you know, I did all the research. I wanted to be the best you can be. You read the books and you feel like you're prepared. And you know, when I say be forgiving on yourself, don't don't feel bad if you do something wrong, right? I mean, there's there's going to be learning moments throughout the entire journey and no one's done everything right. So don't get down on yourself. So um, that would be the first thing. And then I think the second thing is, and, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, don't forget to prioritize yourself, right? I think very, very easily you can get put into a routine and it's even harder. I know with, with our first kid, uh, with Cole, I went back after 10 days, right? With Ellis, I had eight weeks of paternity. So it was much different to um, create a boundary and actually and actually create space for Nick with Cole or with Ellis versus Cole. I mean, after, after 10 days, it's like, you're right back into a different space. So um, for those that are out there, yeah, absolutely. Um, that would, those would be the two things. That's good, man. I like that. Take it easier on yourself and uh, don't forget to create space for yourself because I can't tell you how many friends I've had or, you know, people I know that once they have kids, it's like they cease to exist. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'm no longer Sam. I am now the father of this person, that person and the other. And that's it. That's all my identity is. That's all. And that's, that's just super problematic. I mean, it's problematic now. It's going to be problematic in the future. Um, you know, I mean, you see it in relationships too, in marriage relationships where, you know, you become mom and dad and you lose that spouse connection. You use that, you, you know, because you're so focused on kids and all that. And so it's very, very important. You're right to prioritize yourself. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I know we're all probably guilty of, or at least I am of like calling your partner, mom, like instead of like <laughs> by their first name, I've, you know, it just at some point along the way of having kids, like I started calling my wife, mom and, you know, um, she's done it before too, where she's called me dad, but you know, it just comes to him to your point. Uh, it comes from parenting. And so like, you're talking to your kids, like this is your mom. And so, you know, that to, it's more important to, you know, say, Hey, beautiful lady, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and she, and never mind. I was going to say something. And I, did you guys, I caught that. Did, did you see the word halfway out of my mouth? And I was like, <laughs> 
I was going to make a daddy. I, I, I decided not to. Yep, yep. I was thinking the joke, and I'm like, I remember bullet point number three in my uh, pre-podcast. <laughs> I'm like, joke. Okay, don't don't say the joke. Don't say the joke. Nothing. On that note, Nick, um, <laughs> where where can folks find you and learn more about uh, reset? Uh, and as I try to up. Oh, I think I might have. No, here it goes. Are you putting the thing uh, across the bottom? Reset brain yes. and body. Yes, where well, I have to correct it. Uh, reset brain and body. I, prior to it said rest, and that was uh, because I was asleep at the wheel. So it's a uh, reset brain and body, correct? It is. And you can find uh, it's my wife, Carrie, and her fantastic team at resetbrainandbody.com. And they're located uh, in Plymouth, Michigan, but they do virtual for anybody here in the state of Michigan as well. So um, great group of therapists. They got 14 on the team, um, you know, along with a couple supporting staff that do uh, blogs and marketing um, and, and uh, you know, answer the phones and talk to people. And there's free consultations if anybody's interested or, or um, you know, maybe considering or, or this will be a first time to counseling. Give them a call and see if it fits. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Like I said, I, I I felt silly waiting as long as I did, right? I mean, and I don't, I see someone on the complete opposite side of the state and uh, I've never seen him in person, which is kind of silly. <laughs> it's almost better that way to me. I'm like, oh, I can just talk to you via Zoom, but um, yeah. yeah. So they have openings currently, correct? Like they're not all booked up or anything. Cause I know so many are, are booked up at this point. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, you know, not everybody on the team um, yeah. has availability, but yes, there there is availability currently on the team. To Which, uh, that's great news. Yeah, that's great news. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they just hired three new team members within the month to meet the demand. Like you said, Sam. I yeah. mean, it's. Um, I think it's great. It, it, it's kind of a double edged sword sometimes when you're in the space, right? I know she comes home a lot, and she's like, "I feel so." You know, I feel so good that we're able to help so many people and families, but. Um, we need more resources yeah. that are available to people. And it's kind of, it's, it's that, um, it's that constant question of how do we meet the demand where they want to be met, right? Yeah. Not everybody wants to sit one-on-one -on -one with a, a therapist. Not everybody can do the different, uh, integrative modalities that they offer art or play or couple, um, some people prefer in front of a camera. Some people prefer group spaces. So yeah. they're really trying to offer as much as they can to reach as many people as they can. Yeah, which is great because like we said earlier, it's not a one size fits all. And so they're they're offering a lot of different ways for people to connect and for people to find help. And so I think that's that's huge. And I would encourage any of our listeners, yo, check it out. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Reset brain and body. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and, you know, as we said in the past, uh, you know, it's kind of cliche, but it's important to just accept like it's OK to not be OK. You need to um, make sure you don't wait until like you explode on the cashier because they're taking too long to, uh, you know, run your credit card or give you your cash back. And, you know, really, you come to realize you weren't mad at the cashier. You're mad at Larry who bullied you back in 12th grade because, <laughs> You know, something happened 10 years before that. And it just kind of all 
collided at, at the uh, while you were paying for your groceries and somebody decided to write a check and you're like, really? So, um, so and you're going to say it now when you see that person, you're going to say, you just need to reset. Cause that's what I do when I'm driving and someone's like honking at me and they give me symbols. I'm like, you just need a reset. I don't know why you're so angry right now. Like, just get a reset. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You don't know how powerful that is to like be calm when other people be calm in the storm when someone is raging and you're, you know, quiet. I always, you know, there's always a, a saying I used to tell people like, you know, don't worry about the dude just yelling and screaming in your face. Worry about that dude over there that's quiet. Cause he's quiet for a reason. So there's, there's something going on in his mind and in his body that is making him calm in this moment. And that's what you should worry about. Don't worry about the dude screaming. So, yeah. well, Nick, we appreciate you. Uh, we have the website up for folks who are interested in finding it. Um, we thank you for, for being a guest on the show today. Um, you have any parting words or anything you want to leave the dads with? Have fun, right? I'm all about uh, enjoying life, having fun. Enjoy the kids, and uh, don't forget to prioritize yourself. <laughs> there you go. Love it, Nick. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. All right, Thanks. take care, guys. All right. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, dude. You learn a lot, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, that was awesome. I mean, even just like the. The big T, little T thing, man, that's so oh, true. Yeah. I feel like so many people think, oh, man, I don't have any big T trauma. I don't have anything that's, you know, I had a pretty good life. I got a pretty good life, you know. I, I didn't whatever. And they think, I don't need to talk to anybody. But it's like, bro, everybody's got them little T's. And they compound and they compound and they compound and they build up and they build up and they build up. And mm -hmm. that's important to recognize and embrace and, and engage yeah. with that, you know. Well, and, and also to recognize people have those big T's too, but they become numb to them. And they yeah. don't, they, it's not that they don't feel the pain. They're just used to it. They live in it, you know, and it's something that they've carried for so long that they don't even recognize the impact on anymore. It's like, you know, the dudes who walk, walk across the, uh, the hot rock and the lava and the glass is like, it's not that they don't feel it. It's just that they've done it so much that their brain has literally, shut off those neurons that fire that should be firing and you know we can't be numb numb we can't become numb to our own experiences in life and yeah. we can't put on our um i have to be a man i have to be a dad hat so i don't exist because you do and if you're you know it's gonna it's gonna impact your life and and you taking blood pressure medicine or you taking drinks yeah or you yeah. doing whatever and it's just yeah. it's gonna come out in unhealthy ways yeah so I, I want to echo your sentiment and Nick's sentiment about um, taking care of your mental health. And you actually said this before, Sam. I think you said it. If you didn't, you can go ahead and take credit for it. I, I for sure um, did. I said it for sure. Yes. Uh, the important of you know we talk about physical exercise, and yeah. you know we even talk about uh, spiritual exercise, but like mental health is an exercise and a regular practice that we need to do for yeah. our being. And it's important to find your centering. And some of us like myself have off, operated off center for so long, you think that that's normal, but no, you've never been where you should have been to begin with. And it's okay to like, it's you know, it's okay to back away from people sometimes to disengage sometimes 
and yeah. regroup and also say, hey, man, you know, I love you or we're cool, but like, I just need a break right now. No disrespect to you. I'm just, I need yeah. to like figure my, my head out for a minute, you know? Yeah, totally. And see a therapist too. Like, be, seeing a therapist does not make you weak. No. It makes you strong. It does not make you weak to see a therapist because I'm going to tell you, there's, there's some of us who've, who have not accepted that we've gone through trauma yet, and we have. Yeah. Um, you just say, it's just the cost of living, or, you know, that's just being a man. And that's just, that's an excuse. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. I'm with it. I hope, I hope people will have the courage, the strength, the audacity, the bravery, whatever you want to call it to, um, to, to explore this. If it's something that they've been pushing off, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. you know, and like, like Nick was saying, man, that one of their big missions is to just normalize it because it, it should be normalized. You know, like he said, it's, it's, you know, you go to the trainer, you go to the gym, you do all this stuff, you know, mental, mental health is just as important as all the other health. If not yeah. the most important, because, you know, it's kind of the foundation for everything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, he, cool. you know, seeing a personal trainer is cool. And so is seeing a therapist and, yeah. uh, you know, I've said before, I see a therapist and, you know, it's not, you know, we talk about those big T's and those little T's. It's yeah. the little T's. The little T's add up. And, you know, it's the, the celebrating mental health. Like, uh, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month is in May. And, you know, these things are just so like critical because I think they help you to have longevity in life and have you a clarity of mind. And at the end of the day, that helps you to make better long-term decisions. And so I, I won't go in too far into the impacts it can have. But, yeah, the more we normalize that, like, mental health is an actual thing, I think the better off we'll be and the more we'll be able to get to the root of some of these problems that are plaguing us as a society. Yeah. I'm with it. So any of our listeners who are looking to explore that again, you can check out reset brain and body, or you can connect with us uh, on Facebook at dad to the bone podcast, all words, just dad to the bone podcast. If you want to find us on YouTube, we're dad, the number two, the bone podcast. Or if you want to find us on Instagram, we're dad, the number two, the bone podcast. And if you want to find us on TikTok, I hope you do. And then you can teach me how to do it because I don't know how to find it. We're on TikTok, though. Uh, Quinn, do you know what do you mean? Know? We're on TikTok. We make TikToks. Yeah, I know. But, like, what, what's our what's our thing? Like, our handle? What's, or our, our, what's our, our, our handle, old man? What's our handle? <laughs> like, what's our CB call whenever you get on the ten four, good buddy? We're uh, we're trucker trucker number one. Okay. Oh, look at uh, trucker number one. Yeah, it's uh, it's dad truckers. It's uh, it's mother truckers. Uh, dad's a, no, no, um, our, no, it is not. You not touch that. It's um, <laughs> I can't even get through it. It's dad the number two the bone. It's dad the number two the bone on TikTok. You don't stop. It's dad. Okay. The number two, the Bone Podcast, all one phrase. Okay, on, cool. uh, TikTok. Well, it's the same know. thing on all of our stuff except for Facebook. Why is Facebook so lame? Why isn't it the number two on Facebook? I'll call, Mark. I'll call Mark and then yeah. if answer. I'll call Tom. He was my first friend on Facebook. So I'll call him and see if he's got any insight into the issue. Okay. Remember that when that guy Tom was everybody's first Facebook friend, and he was like at a computer looking at you like this, like, 
<laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about the MySpace dude. MySpace. That was MySpace? Yeah, that was the MySpace dude. Yeah. My bad. My bad. All right. Uh, on another episode, I'll tell you about this thing called Black Planet, but we'll save that for another episode. Well, listen, I just did one of those TikToks. It's like, tell me you're old without telling me you're old. Tom was my first Facebook friend. I mean, that's that's it right yeah. there. <laughs> well, the fact that you confuse Facebook with MySpace says it all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. We need to end this episode effective immediately. All right. Until next time. Later, guys.